Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hi, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Ron and Don Show, and yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about the power of silence, and also, we're going to talk about the fact that, yeah, people are starting to play records on record players again. What is this vinyl resurgent all about before we get to that though let's get to this it's been about a week now uh when we're recording this though the storm just happened in florida and i thought it was kind of interesting two things that i thought were very interesting number one you had both sides of the aisle the republicans and the democrats say saying don't worry the cajun navy is coming biden was saying the navy's coming the governor of Florida was saying the Navy was coming. First responders were saying the Navy was coming. It's really interesting because the Cajun Navy was kind of invented on the fly when Katrina happened on August 29, 2005. And you had a bunch of men that knew those knew those roads, those streets, and those bayous a lot better than first responders coming from other parts of the country. So they were just self-deploying. They were jumping in boats and going. The next thing you know, you have people from all over the country jumping in boats and going. And that's kind of how the Cajun Navy was born. And Ron, at the time, the authorities didn't like it, but they've come to embrace it. And now every time there's a storm, it seems like, yeah, authorities are saying the Cajun Navy is coming. This is really interesting, isn't it? It is. And and I, I always like to put an asterisk on this. Um, when the people that are self-deploying need to be skilled, uh, and, and every once in a while you'll get a member of the Cajun Navy that then needs to be rescued. So that was the logic of the authorities is don't put yourself in harm's way because then trying to rescue someone where now we have to rescue two people uh, or multiple people. But there is no doubt, and for those of you that don't know, Cajun Navy, uh, it can be anywhere from on my street in, in Louisiana, anywhere someone could be in a 12-foot aluminum John boat with a seven horsepower outboard on it. Uh, all the way up to big time fishing boats that, you know, or a shrimping boat could be on there. And the interesting thing to me was the smaller boats. Cause if you look at Florida right now, my niece and my sister live less than a mile from the beach in Naples, Florida, which wasn't the epicenter, it was a little bit south of the epicenter of Hurricane Ian. And they had probably the storm surge was maybe six to eight feet at least like there i have video that they sent me of cars floating around uh, on their street and cars floating in uh in the parking garages so that's at least at least six feet maybe more um and you can't bring a big boat into those scenarios there are people and there were people uh near the beach in fort myers in uh, Naples in uh, in and around those areas that were trapped in their single family homes. So if you had a single story brick home uh, with seven, eight feet of water in it, people were going up into their attic the same way we saw during Hurricane Katrina. And if you remember Katrina, there were people busting through their attic, sometimes 10, 11, 12 days after the storm uh, to be rescued. Thankfully, 
Um, Florida is not the same shape as Louisiana, meaning that the water is going to drain in Florida after the storm goes by. In Louisiana, it's bowl-shaped, and so the water, once it's in there, stays in there because the pumps uh, failed. Um, But the Cajun Navy was able to navigate waters that were four feet deep, five feet deep, and be able to go and rescue these people, and we're seeing some of that in Florida as well. Yeah, yeah, hats off to the to the Cajun Navy. Also, I just want to warn people, I used to buy cars down in Florida and ship them to Seattle and sell them at auction. Be really careful about buying a car that's from out of state because even though the car may look great and run, if it's sitting in salt water at all, you're going to have real problems with it two, three, five years down the road because uh, it'll run now, and they can basically make it look like new, but it's not, and that salt water has done its damage. And it may not reveal itself now, but it will in years to come. So be really careful about uh, about finding a. But I got an Escalade for eight grand, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, this is kind of interesting. Just just to close this out, and I wondered because uh, I haven't watched CNN or MSNBC or Fox uh, for years, and I and I watched them during the coverage of this storm. I think all the channels did a nice job in trying to not politicize it, but we know that's going to happen here in the coming days. Cause as soon as a politician tells you it's not about politics, of course it's about politics. And Ron DeSantis, they say he's going to be the next president of the United States. At least he's going to run. And Joe Biden is now signaling that he may not run again. How do you, how do you think both men have done so far? Uh, in this storm, and they're trying to say, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna work together. This isn't about politics." But for both of them, this is, this is a huge stage right now. It's and, and very they, much and about they, politics. And they got to perform, and it's all about politics. I mean, from the conservative side, you want to divorce yourself from global warming. To me, the case is closed on global warming. Uh, we're seeing more storms, more powerful, that sort of thing. I'm curious what you think about this because I, I don't know how I should decide. DeSantis came out and chastised the media for putting on their crawl hundreds dead in thus and such a county. And he said, look, that may be true, but we don't know right now if it's hundreds dead. You're causing people to panic or you're causing undue hardship and worry across the country that have family members in Florida when we don't know if they're dead yet. Chances are there will be dead people, but to say hundreds dead, take that down now until you know but we saw this back in Katrina. It wasn't hundreds of dead. It was thousands dead. Uh, does he have a valid point there? Because uh, I'm... I'm it, wasn't, it wasn't thousands. It was just over 1,800. So it was a, a thousand. It's still a lot. I think it was 1,803. Yeah, I do think that that's a valid point. And as a politician, anytime talking to the media and trying to control the media is smart because he's taking a page from Donald Trump who's taken on the media. And that's one thing that his constituents want him to do is, is is to take on the media. Maybe not in the same way that, that Trump has done it, but you're going to see him do it because uh, it's a great, um, it's a great opportunity for them to showcase themselves during a time of tragedy. So, and we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. Cause usually where politicians miss it is when they forget about this, cause this will fall out of the news cycle but it will re-enter the news cycle if people are suffering. And as we head toward the midterms, that's where Ron DeSantis has to be really careful. And can I just say one more thing? Because this always, I think, in my mind, I didn't get it before. To the 40,000 men and women 
that got in their electrical repair trucks from all over America and drove down to, to Florida to help fix the electrical grid. Like I cannot have enough gratitude towards those folks that I, I lost it in Katrina when I saw the convoy of electrical trucks coming towards Louisiana when I was trying to escape Louisiana. Those men and women that do that and they work super long shifts in really bad conditions. Uh, I, I just want to say, I don't know if anyone is listening that is connected to one of those folks, but just a, a hearty thank you because that type of work is grueling and and I just really appreciate their efforts. Yeah, my little nephew does that. Uh, his name is Jake. So he is a lineman for the county. And in fact, uh, he's down there right now. So good going, Jake. We will see you on this. When Seattle nonprofit Plymouth Healing Communities decided to sell one of their group homes for the mentally ill and homeless, board member Catherine Walker turned to Ron and Don. It was a complicated and delicate deal. They didn't want people traipsing in and out and disturbing the residents. So instead of hanging a for sale sign, the guys turned to their deep network and found a buyer themselves. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. And then they followed through on everything to make this happen. And Catherine says she was even more blown away by what Ron and Don did next. They offered to donate their commission. It was incredible. Their generosity had a meaningful impact on the lives of 47 residents in our organization. Heart, soul, expertise, Catherine says all of that and more is what sets Ron and Don apart from other realtors. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. They seemed truly service-minded as opposed to kind of transaction-minded. So whether you're selling or buying, take Catherine Walker's work and schedule your Ron and Don sit-down today. Hey, it's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I thought that this uh, article was very, very interesting. It was talking about the power of silence. And I have noticed as I work out or I go on a trail run or I go on a bike ride, lately, it used to be maybe I'd have some headphones in, maybe listen to a podcast or... I have a lot of playlists from my days of being a spin instructor. So I would usually play one of these uh, playlists when I go running or if I'm working at a house doing some demo. I was putting a yard in uh, yesterday on a house that I'm working on for my own portfolio. And every once in a while, I would turn on some music. But I have to say, I really enjoyed the power of just the silence of it all. Uh, I was reading a recent article and it said, you know, noise comes at us like never before from three different aspects of our lives. One, if you just look at sirens at the old firehouse when a fire truck is leaving, uh, they they went back and they looked uh, earlier in the decade and they found that when a fire truck would leave a fire station, it would leave on average at, and I don't know who calculates this, at 93 decibels. They say that same fire truck now, fast forward to 2022, that's leaving the fire station in order to be heard and seen because so many of us are doing other things when we're driving besides driving. Uh, They roll at 123 decibels now. So they say overall, and of course there were, think back to World War II. There's still a lot of farming going on. We lived in spread out communities and we had half the population. Now you double the population a lot of us are living on top of each other in cities 
that have become expansive up. And it's, it really is. It's just louder. I remember living in San Francisco and having to get used to. Uh, it didn't matter what you did. You were always, that city is always buzzing, and you just had to get used to it, right? You just had to get used to that, that white noise always coming at you. The other thing that they say is coming at us, creating a lot of noise, is the noise of information, especially as we head into this election cycle. And a lot of this information, how much information can we really take in? And I've shared before. I used to come up with a mantra every day. I come up with a mantra now once a year, and I just check in with myself to see if I'm living that mantra. Because you, you, just trying to relive a, a different mantra every day with all the self-help books out there. There's so much self-help. You can't take it in, internalize it, and then have it, at least for me, it, it, it doesn't really have any type of effect on my life other than I have this knowledge that's rolling around in my head. They say the other thing is that's happening, though, now more than ever before, is the internal noise. And a lot of the internal noise that a lot of us carry is negative. It's negative noise. And it's usually negativity that we point at ourselves. So they're really encouraging to take time out and to get away from the sirens, to get away from the information, and also to get away from the negativity as noise now, Ron, more than ever before is coming at us from all different directions. I find that really fascinating. It is fascinating. And it's also, I don't know if you find this as well, um, we get so used to the ambient noise that it's really, it feels very uncomfortable. Um, I, I, I do these guided meditations, and there are some days where I, it's just uncomfortable to sit there in silence and to try and just watch your breathing or try to just be present. Do you get that at all where it's just like, ah, I'm antsy, my leg is wants to bounce, I, I want to get up, like I, all of a sudden your back itches or it's like, ah, this just feel whatever this is is uncomfortable right now. Yeah, well, I... I I tell you, I try. I really just try to take care of from from the time that I get up, feeling a little sunshine on my face. Really thinking about what, what I'm doing in the morning. Uh, I don't turn the TV on ever when my son is here. Ever. Uh, sometimes we listen to music. Sometimes it's silence. We always have breakfast together. We always have a great conversation. I drive him to school because we're continuing our conversations. And and I think really that that time of the day for me, is kind of the launching pad to really pay attention to all the noise that we're going to allow uh, in our lives uh, for the rest of the day because it can just end up taking over. And as Ron said, I, re I remember being in Maui a, a number of months ago and I'm getting to ride something, getting ready to ride something over there called the West Maui Loop and it's a little treacherous. So I want to go in a car first and then I got out of the car and I started walking and all I could hear was the sound of the ocean slapping and I'm like, man, the last time I heard the sound of the ocean just slapping like this was on some app somewhere instead of listening to the, the, the ocean really slap. And I wasn't used to it. I'm just, I'm used to having all that noise come at me and I'm used to having the earbuds in. And, and, and so to make that space for yourself, you really have to fight for it. So, yeah. So I just encourage people if you, if I know there's a million things folks tell you to do, put into your practice, but I think the, 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 even 10 minutes of silence, uh, 10 minutes of just disengaging, I think the, the 
neuroscientists are saying just has an incredible benefit. So definitely was an interesting article to think about. And, and, and I try to practice that. I'm not 100%, but I'm, I'm putting the effort in. All right, we'll finish up on the other side. Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don Show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer, and there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy-down, right? Yeah, they are. And it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. It's a really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year. And then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, How do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We woke up today, and interest rates were at 6.7%. And at the same time, Ron, you're you're out doing some house shopping right now. What's going on here? Well, I, I think it just depends on how you want to look at this. Yes, interest rates are higher than they have been uh, recently. And I think people need to put this into context. You know, going through the COVID crisis um, and the COVID health scare worldwide, uh, the previous presidential administration was advocating to artificially lower interest rates. And it got to the point where they were basically zero, zero percent interest for institutional lending. And so the thought process, if I can think back that far, was we want to keep the economy going. There was a lot of people, I think at one point, million, million people a day were filing for unemployment businesses, including like restaurants and stuff where when, when these lockdowns were happening for COVID reasons, there was a lot of suffering economically going on. And so the government was like, we're going to lower interest rates to try to pump money into the economy. That was the theory. And so as that happened, there was nowhere for interest rates to go but up. And so now as we've been trying to basically get the economy going again, get into sort of a post-COVID world, um, what was happening is, especially in the housing market, is this free money was fueling buyers uh, of an institutional nature. So you would have investment companies, hedge funds, foreign investors, uh, all saying, hey, real estate has been appreciating more than the stock market. Real estate has been appreciating more than my other asset classes. Therefore, I'm going to pump a bunch of money into real estate. So the Fed, when they saw that, now inflation started to happen. The Fed was like, we need to tamp down inflation because people, 
don't want to spend five dollars a gallon at the pump. People don't want a gallon of milk uh, to basically have to take out a, a loan to go grocery shopping. And so the only method they have to control this is to raise the interest rates. So yes, interest rates are high comparatively to the historic lows we saw during COVID. But they're still within the range of normal. If you go back even 20 years, interest rates were at 8%. So to me, this is a great time to buy real estate because you see the market softening, less competition to buy houses, less houses that are escalating, and prices are normalizing a little bit. All of that, to me, more than makes up for the fact that you're paying a highest interest rate now, which is temporary. The interest rate is the only thing you can redo down the road relatively easily. If you bought a house two years from now, it's it, you can't just like re rebuy the same house. You have to sell that house and buy a different house, but you can rebuy a new mortgage two years from now. So it's the only component in the equation that you can do a redo on two years down the road. Yeah. And what do you say to sellers out there saying, I, I, is, is it still a seller's market? Should I, should I, should I still prepare to sell in 2023? In the Pacific Northwest, technically it is still a seller's market. Buyer's market, seller's market is a technical indicator of how many months of inventory are available on the market. And so uh, it's it's not uh, this mystical feeling. It's an actual data point. And so economists look at if no new listings came on today, how long with the current pacing would it take to sell out of every house? And if it's around four or five months, that's a balanced market. Anything above five months, so six, seven months, would be a buyer's market. Anything below would be a seller's market. Right now, technically, in at least King County, it's still slightly as a seller's market. Yeah. If you need to get in touch with us, if you want to buy, sell, invest, what should you do? Uh, you should get in touch with me, Ron at Ronadon.com, or him, Don at Ronadon.com, and then we can get you a buyer's or player's uh, playbook. Let's do a sit-down. It's about a 30- to 45-minute Zoom call, and we'll see if we're, we would make a good team. Yeah. Hey, before we get out of here today, uh, I'd shared on one of our other podcasts about this amazing mountaineer uh, who was the National Geographic uh, Adventure of the Year, and, and, and her name was Hillary Nelson. And I know Hillary's family and some of her friends, and a lot of people are grieving right now, but I also know a lot of people are getting on the phone and they're calling each other and they're saying, hey, I love you, I care about you, because you never know. And, and she passed away in a climbing accident in Nepal last week, and they since then have recovered her, and uh, they're bringing her back to the States. During the storm that we just saw, and I was thinking about Ron's parents uh, down in Naples, and I was also thinking about a storm that Ron and I were in together back in 2005. During that storm, I got a phone call. And the phone call was from my father. And I hadn't heard from my father in two decades. It would be the last time I would ever hear from him. But he told me on the phone that he loved me, that he cared about me, uh, and that I was important to him. So even though I didn't hear from him after that, just that phone call, and it took me some time to internalize it. And it took me some time to be okay with it because sometimes those phone calls can be traumatic. But I have to say overall, I'm very thankful uh, for him having the courage after decades of, of us not talking to pick up the phone and call. And I think it's really important, you guys, as we see these things happen all around us in our lives, sometimes it's just a reminder 
to us personally, to reach out to the people that we love and care about and let them know how we feel about them. Okay? Head up, shoulders back. We love you. Thank you for allowing us to be your realtors, your friends, and your broadcasters. If you need us, just reach out. Everything is at ronanddonsitdown.com. We will see you next time. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron Don Radio Network.